The call on the ice stands. We got a goal. I'm loving these kids. I want to adopt them. How's that? I want to clean them up and raise them as my own. What's up, Squid Squad? You're listening to the Squid Pod. I'm Dan Morse. This is my brother Jeremy. How's it going, eh? And welcome back. It's episode 34. The Woo. the Felix Hernandez episode. The King's episode. Of course it is. It's been it's been a minute. Do you remember how to do this? I think so. We came at him at like I think the All Star break, so it's been, uh, you know, not much good has happened. So we've been, you know, yeah, didn't miss much. <laughs> <laughs> we've been kind of pounding our corner, but you know, you got three kids to chase around, and I got a you got a what, one in one and three quarters. Kids? Yeah, so you know Something we like got <laughs> we're busy guys, you know. Yeah, but we're here. We're here today because we're it's here. a big because it's a big week for the Kraken. We're here just a little over a week away from the trade deadline, so. Got a lot to talk Rapid, about today. Rapidly uh, approaching, but also quick shout out if it's the Felix Hernandez episode. Baseball's back. That happened today. That's oh yeah, what a what great timing uh, for the Felix Hernandez episode. We need the, we need the Mar- yeah we need the Mariners to be good because Seattle sports scene has been a rough go of it lately. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kraken <laughs> and everybody else, you know. So the Mariners it's a tough week. Uh, uh, all our eggs are in that basket which is also just setting yourself up for heartbreak but anyway this is a cracking <laughs> podcast so let's talk about how awesome their season's been going uh dan uh, let's uh let's see what's happened since the all-star break uh, let's let's start it off let's start it off positive what's happened what, what what good things have happened since the all-star break good things well uh mark giordano played his thousandth nhl game which is pretty cool um i saw he's i think it was only like the 10th no maybe it's 20th um undrafted defenseman to reach a thousand games in yeah, NHL uh, history. <laughs> yeah, that makes it pretty uh, wild. It makes it almost, yeah, it's, it's a little more impressive because he didn't get, you know, yeah. a lot of the guys are at least prospects where they get into the NHL young, even if they're still raw and they, you know, they get mm-hmm. a lot of, they get some games in their young time. But as an undrafted player, you have to earn a, you have to earn a tryout. You got to make the team. You know, you're starting in the minors if you're not drafted. And then you got to show enough in minors and, and in a big enough sample size to get your way up to the pros. So, Mark, yeah. you're down at our, at our next home game against uh, the, the back-to-back champions, Stamp, uh, Stanley Cup champions, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. He's going to get his silver stick. He's going to—they're going to do. I got an email that says, "Be there early, be in your seats." They're going to do a little presentation nice. for him. So um, that should be—that should be pretty cool to see. We're—we're we're excited. Congrats, Geo. Um, hopefully, hopefully he's still on the team. <laughs> we get when, to give him the stick. Yeah. When is the? It's not another team giving him a stick. It's March 16th, so it's you it's know before the deadline. Okay. Okay. It's, it's before the deadline, and I feel like we'll, you know, anyway, we'll get we'll we'll get that conversation. But we'll get, uh, congrats we'll get to Geo. Another other really positive cracking news. You know me, Mr. Jared McStan over here. That's what I'm gonna start to call him. <laughs> start to call myself as the big Jared McCann fan. Um, that's that's good. Jared we McCann. Should, we'll make that a thing. <laughs> we should make that a thing. Jared, Jared McStans. That's what that's what we're gonna call our call ourselves. Uh, he signed a five year. Uh, $25 million extension. So an average, uh, an average value of $5 million a year, which I think is a very fair deal for both player and team. Um, it doesn't, it's not really going to handcuff us to anything on the cap. It does make him part of our top six for sure, but also yeah. he gets a good contract, but you know, I think he's got some serious upside. Like I said, he, he may get 30 goals this year and I think he can do that consistently. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts had a great goal tonight contract? too. 
Yeah, he did. Against the Senators. What a shot. You like the contract? I do like the contract. I think I think I'm in the same boat as you. I think it seems fair. Um, five million dollars a year. You know, I, I I've said before. I feel like he's almost worth more to the Kraken than he is to other teams because he's bounced around mm-hmm. other teams and none of them give him those top six minutes. And Seattle does. Um, he said mm-hmm. afterwards that he was really excited to just have the opportunity here. That's one of the reasons he signed. Um, and the the term was pretty much as important as as anything else to him because he's been on like four teams in five since five years since he's been drafted, you know, guys yeah. just bounces around and he does well. So it's kind of, kind of a weird thing that he, he hasn't stuck yeah. anymore. So it's nice to see him stick here. I'm glad he's going to be here. Um, you know, I was a little nervous just because they're so bad. So this year that it's like, what's, <laughs> what, what's going to happen in the off season. So to get that done before the trade deadline really, re- really felt good. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent because you know, we're all a little nervous about who's going to stay and who's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, Jerry McCann, huge fan over here, one of my two jerseys. So, uh, like, I, 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 I just I love this game. And I feel like he's just kind yeah. of is one of those guys where, you know, sometimes there's just an odd man out that it's not about how good you are. There's just another there's just a lot of good players around you because he was drafted by Vancouver. And he it's not like he wasn't. It's not like he was ever. It's like he's a surprise to anybody. He was supposed to be yeah. an NHL player his whole career. Yeah. But Vancouver has, you know, Pedersen, he, like, they got all these other young forwards that they've been drafting, and they just, you know, they decided he was one that you could get some value in a trade. Um, and then the same thing happened to Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh, yep. they just ha- they just have a lot of good young forwards. And he's one of those guys that he's good enough where they knew someone was going to have to pay him, you know, $5 million a year. And, they, you know, they, you just don't have room on some of these teams. And uh, Toronto, I thought, was the weirdest one because I genuinely – you know, I like Jared McCann's game more than Alex Kerfoot. And I know that's kind of a discussion as people were, those are the two kind of guys, but I was nervous that we were going to end up with Kerfoot and Toronto mm-hmm. was going to get Jared McCann. So I was really happy with how that turned out. So um, yeah. it's nice to know that, like you mentioned through the rough season, we've had that at least somebody truly wants to be here and is happy to be given the opportunity and said, like, they gave me a chance and I appreciate that. And I'm Seattle's like home now. Uh, Cause you know, you worry about guys like, you know, I saw an article that was by like a, a Montreal blog about Yanni Gord mm. being unhappy and being growing up around the corner from Quebec. And, you know, it's a Homer article up there, but it, you know, it makes me nervous. Sure. Yeah. It, it, I, I could see how that would happen, but you know, as long as he's not coming out saying that it's fine. It's just noise. Yeah. They were, they, they were trying to say Montreal hasn't, has inquired about him and you know, tell him to back off. We've lost enough this week in Seattle. <laughs> Montreal needs a lot more help than like just a Yanni Gord, man. For sure, for sure. Anyway, um, so Jerry McCann signed. Uh, yep. Geo played his thousandth game, and our boy Jaden Schwartz is back. Jaden Schwartz is back. He hasn't scored yet, but man, he's come close already. <laughs> yeah, like, and he's 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 flying out there. there. He looks good. He he looks a hundred percent, which is great to see. Uh, we needed his presence in the top six, so. Glad to have him back. They've, they've still shuffled the lines around a bit. He's not, you know, planted next to McCann and Eberly like I feel like mm-hmm. he was earlier in the season. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I like seeing him move around a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, spread the love amongst I the did like, uh, I did like seeing him on the first power play unit. In the, uh, so tonight they played Ottawa um, when we're recording yeah. this. He, uh, and the the Ottawa game was the first time I'd seen, like, he, he, he was on that top power play unit with Eberly. And with McCann mm-hmm. and Geo, which I was happy about, I really just wish they would move Marcus Johansson off that top power play unit. Like, 
I was really pumped when we signed Marcus Johansson, but I thought of him as more of like a third, fourth line depth piece on like the second power yeah. play unit, not like a first line forward that's getting top power play minutes night in, night out. Um, you know, I like his game, but like I said, as that kind of player, I think, you know, it's part of the reason that we're, we're at where we're at. So I would like to see maybe, you know, like Alex Wenberg, Kelly Yarncroak. Um, yeah. You know, even if they want to throw Yanni in there, I kind of like Yanni on the second unit, but, you know, I wouldn't be mad at that. But I'd like to see Yarncroak or Wenberg uh, center that line with Schwartz and Everly and then McCann and Gio on the points um, personally. What, uh, what what do you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I I would love Wenberg or, or Yarncroak there on centering that top power play unit. Um, you like Schwartz up there with with Everly, though? Yeah, I think Schwartz. Yeah, Schwartz and Everly work well together, and I think uh, they're both not super afraid to shoot, which is good because if you got Alex Wenberg on the on the first power play unit, he's it's very difficult to get Alex Wenberg to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loves dishing. You know, he, he provides plenty of value. You know, he makes good passes, but you know, you yeah. you you need to pair him with a guy who's going to shoot. And I know Everly will yeah. take shots, and if, with McCann out there on the point, McCann's always willing to take take some shots yeah. too. So yeah, I would I would put Alex Wenberg up there. I think I just think Wenberg and Johansson play a very similar game. I think they're yeah. they're they're they just play an extremely similar game. They're they're so strong on the puck, especially along the boards. Um, it's hard to take it from them. Um, and they're, they are they're they're pass first players. So um, I just personally think Alex Wenberg is a better player than Marcus Johansson. And we, I feel like Ron Francis agrees based on the contract he gave Wenberg and the contract he gave Marcus Johansson. But yet, you know, Coach uh, Coach Hackstall seems to not agree with that. Yeah, well, you know, that's something they can work out in the off season. <laughs> we also, uh, since we've left, uh, since we came at you guys, we we gained and lost a whole player. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Austin Zarnick. We uh, picked him up off waivers from the Islanders. He played a few games. Uh, he was pretty fun to watch. And yeah, I was he, pissed. Uh, I wanted to keep yeah, him. I loved it. Went back on waivers and back to the Islanders. So yeah, what was your favorite moment of, of the Austin Zarnick era? <laughs> <laughs> when he got an assist on like his first shift, dude, he got a point like immediately. He got a That's point right. like right away in his first game. Uh, he no, dude, I, too I, fast. You know, it's just they keep claiming these guys that are they're just trying to to fill the Brandon Tanner role, like I mentioned with uh, Carson Coolman. And I think they yeah. really liked Carson Coleman. He just got injured and he's been on injured yeah. reserve. So, um, and then, you know, Schwartz, Schwartz got hurt and McCann got hurt. And yeah. Missed a few games McCann too. So a, yeah, just, they, needed body, they needed bodies. So they needed bodies. And I liked Zarnick. I liked his game. I thought, uh, you know, there was, there's, there was place for him. I, you know, Riley Shahan seems like a really good guy. I just don't understand why he continues to be in the lineup night and night out as a mid thirties, like, you know, like, if we're we're already obviously looking to the future, or at least we're at least looking to next season. Yeah. So why would we like not keep the guy in his late twenties that has that kind of energy instead of keeping the thirty-four year old center that's played for a third of the league? And yeah. you know, you, you you see what I'm saying there. I don't think Sheehan's getting claimed on waivers by anybody either, too. You know. Yeah. So like, send his ass to Charlotte. No offense, dude. <laughs> like, or scratch him. Let him sit there. I don't know. Send somebody else. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I I personally think there's room for an extra forward because I think Riley Shahan can go back to Charlotte and he'll clear waivers. And if he doesn't, it's, I don't think it's a big deal. And I think he'll be back on waivers and you can reclaim him and send him to Charlotte then just like, you know, Barry Boulay and Zarnik. And as we're learning, it's kind of common in the league for some of those fringe players to get claimed for, you know, it's almost like they're on loan from a soccer team for like two weeks to <laughs> fill, fill yeah. a hole. And then you send them back on waivers and they, you know, the other team can put them in their minors at that point. Right. So Dennis um, Chalowski. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in. Same thing happened. Here, there, here, there. Yeah, he's, you know. Yeah. He's, now he's in Charlotte. So anyway, yeah, that, that, that's my only, my only gripe would be uh, I would prefer to have Austin Sarnik in our rotation but above Riley Shahan. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I would say about that. All right. Uh, last bit of team news here. Vague team news. Uh, Maddie Beneers. We're, we're all on Maddie Beneers watch because he's like, we're, we're looking to the future. As you said, <laughs> he played in the whole Olympics. I don't Had they started when we recorded last? I don't even remember. Uh, yeah. We missed, I think we missed all that. <laughs> his, Olymp- his Olympics uh, tournament was a lot shorter than we had hoped. So it was a bummer, but he did play a very prominent role. You know, yeah. he uh, got a lot of ice time. I remember in that overtime, the game that went into overtime, it was, it was the Slovakia game, right? Mm-hmm. He was, a, I I thought for sure he was going to score in the overtime of that Slovakia game, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many good chances. So uh, he comes back and joins Michigan a little earlier than expected, but, you know, he looks really good in Michigan too. He was just nominated for the Big Ten Player of the Year Award. He's a finalist for that one. So yeah. it's good to see him continue to develop and continue to play very well. And uh, yeah, I think we'll see him before the end of the year. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's unfortunately, uh, there's going to be a, there's going to be a brief couple weeks where the trade deadline is going to pass. Our roster is going to look a little different and he's going to be playing in the March madness tournament. And yeah. we'll all be looking forward to, you know, on one hand, we'll be rooting for Michigan to win. Cause it'll be fun to see on the other hand, I'll be rooting for them to lose so many veneers can sign his contract and come start playing for us. <laughs> yes. Ron, it seems pretty clear that Ron Francis is willing to uh, sign Maddie veneers to his entry-level contract, bring mm-hmm. him up to the NHL just for the last you know month of the season. Yeah. Um, just to get his feet wet. Yep. Get him in there, get him some yep. NHL action, see what, see what the speed and the size of the, the, the game is like. So yeah, something to look forward to for the end of the year. We'll yeah, get past I, the trade deadline. We'll get through the NCAA attorney. And uh, yeah, I fully expect him to be here for the last dozen games or so, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun when, when we see him up here because, you know, he'll get called up. He'll, he'll, he'll practice. He'll be scratched a couple of times because he's going to have to, you know, you're not just going to call it up and play him right away. Maybe they will, but I'm, I would expect him to practice for a week or two, miss a few games, get used to traveling, yeah. you know, go on a road trip and come back with the team, be in, be in the building for a home game. Um, and then, yeah, then they'll probably throw him in the lineup and whether he plays every night or plays, you know, here and there, it will remains to be seen. It'll probably depend on what happens at the traded line and what our roster does look like. But um, I think we can all look forward to uh, to seeing Matty Beneers in a Kraken jersey this season. And that is, yeah, based on everything he's done this year, I, I am uh, I'm excited to see what he brings at this at, at the next level. Yeah, it'll be our first uh, Kraken draft pick to yeah, actually to play yeah. in a Kraken yeah. game, so. Yeah, pretty cool. We'll be hoping we'll be hoping Riker Evans also makes a huge jump next year. I got big hopes for Riker Evans. Oh man, he's crushing it in the WHL right now, man. Yeah, that's so with also with future cracking Connor Bedard. If we keep hit this pace next year, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. With... Let's just worry about Shane Wright first. That's right. <laughs> oh man, I can't. <sighs> Sometimes I'm just still like, I can't believe we're in, on Shane Wright watch. You know, me and you both, we both picked the Kraken to make the playoffs. Like, we were sold, man. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. think they were going to be Vegas. I expected them to maybe sneak in in the three spot in Pacific or the wild card and probably lose their first series, maybe steal a series. That's, like, that's what I fully expected. And I thought even if that doesn't happen, 
I feel like we'll be talking about them being, you know, within a few games and what they need to do to catch up the whole season. I genuinely yeah. thought that. And they have been bad from the start. I mean, their record has been, <laughs> the results have been bad from the start. Yeah. And since yeah. the All-Star break, since the All-Star break, they are a league worse. worse. <laughs> two ten and 2 since the All-Star break. <sighs> Dan, what, what's your... What's uh? What do you think? Uh, what's what's happened with the Kraken? Tell tell the folks why we've won two of our fourteen games since the All Star break. Uh, well, there's two main problems. One, they're not very yeah. good at scoring goals, and two, yeah. they're not very good at preventing the other team from scoring goals. Is that an important part of the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The goals okay. are are what tell you who won the game. We make it look really hard to score, but I feel like whoever we're playing makes it not like hard to score. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm <laughs> used to it or what, but I feel like the goaltending doesn't seem as oh. bad as it did earlier in the year. Um, not to say it's great, but like, I the goal I, to me, they have failed to score goals, and that's been the bigger issue. Going back to what, uh, go back to Valentine's Day, they have scored. Three, three or more goals exactly three times, four times counting tonight mm-hmm. in the last basically calendar month. Not every, good. Like, almost every night it's one or two. It's not good. Yeah, there's a stretch where it went two, three, one, two, 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 one. <laughs> you just you can't win scoring one or two goals every night. Damn near sounds like you're writing code over there. Right? <laughs> it's very way too close to binary. <laughs> um, you know. I, I, I so. feel like at times the goaltending starts to look a little better, but then, you know, it just never lasts. I mean, this yeah. road trip, this road trip, the fewest goals are three in Carolina. Other than that, five, six, four. I know there's an empty netter in Washington, Toronto, so four and five on the goalies. But I mean, you know, the Toronto game, we found a way to yeah. score four against Toronto. We found a way to f- come back. And like, their power play is elite and our penalty kill is dreadful. So it's a terrible mismatch. But at the same time, all three of Toronto's power play goals were five hole. All three. That's that's pretty brutal. And like two of them, he was not going side to side, or at least he shouldn't have been. He should have been set, in my opinion, by the time it got there for a guy making the kind of money he's making. <laughs> so that, that, I got to be honest, that one, that one frustrated me. And then like yeah. Ottawa tonight – like they yeah, that third goal lead and that third goal, like, yeah, like Larson, you know, sort of looks like a beer leaguer there flailing around, <laughs> spinning around, but like that <laughs> happens sometimes. And it's not like he walked in and made a great move. He just took a wrist shot from the from top, like of, the the top of the circle. Yeah. Like you got to, I don't know, man. That you got to have that one. Yeah. So, you know, to your point, I, I feel like at times I feel like, okay, it's not as bad, but then like you, we still have a couple of these games where it's just like, ugh. You know, and then, I mean, shit, it's hard for, it's hard to play like that if you're a player when you just, like, feel like, good, like, what the hell do we have to do? We're going to have to score five times a win tonight. We can't even get one. Yeah. And, you know, chasing the game, as as, as people like to say. Um, we're back to, I feel like we're back to that. Yeah. Um, is there anything you've liked from, from the Kraken's play? Players or anything like that over this tough stretch? I think the big thing we've all all the the, the, the folks on on Twitter are talking about and uh, 
is the the line that's been working well is uh, Colin Blackwell, Yanni Gordon, Mason Appleton. They seem to yeah. really be clicking. Um, my my first takeaway a couple of games ago was uh, was Colin Blackwell is just the latest player to play well with Yanni Gord. I think Yanni Gord is a player that makes players around him better. I think Blake Coleman and uh, uh, Barkley Goudreau should be sending Yanni nice Christmas presents every year for the contracts they got playing on a line with him. Um, and no, they're not great players. and They're not contributing to great teams right now. I just think like Yanni Gord, when you mentioned, I remember when he played with Ryan Donato for a brief couple games earlier this year, mm-hmm. like they looked great. Like Donato just yeah. the puck. Yanni likes to set up shots. Like they were, they were rolling together and we were hoping they were going to play more. And then he started playing with Kelly Yarncroke a lot and they were switching out the wings on that line. And I love that. I love seeing Kelly Yarncroke with Yanni Gord. Um, and then Mason Blackwell just seemed to be the latest player. And I didn't think, I guess I didn't notice Mason Appleton as much on that line as the other two, but then just the last couple of nights, Toronto and Ottawa, I felt like Mason Appleton's really kicked into gear with yeah. them. And they're all three, they're all three playing really well together. I've got a tweet today trying to come up with a, with a name for the line. Can oh. you get names for him, Dan? Oh man. I got nothing. I, I know Yanni and uh, Blackwell are, are, are the two short Kings. So Mason Appleton is a little too tall to, to fit into any sort of. Well, I was thinking like, that. Uh, you know, like we have Apple, Appleton we have Gord you know Gord's um yeah so we were I was thinking like Blackwell Farms uh Paul Buxton commented and said uh uh Blackwell Blackwell Orchards and I was like I kind of like that um I ended up starting to look at their names there's you know there's Blackwell Appleton and Gord so a B A and a G I was like they could be the bag skate line because they're like an energy line you know B-A-G um or you could do it backwards G-A-B I said the gift of gab line you know okay Sure. Yanni yeah. likes to talk. Uh, Colin Black, he does like, Black he does like talk to talk a little talk. bit. Like, yeah, I, I just, you know, anyway, I think it's something that if they're going to, if we finally have a line that can stay together, I think this can be the first line to get a name uh, on in, in franchise history. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, I, so I, I do have some <laughs> thoughts, um, but I think we should, let's, we'll get to our, our trade deadline segment before I can. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. We'll get there anyway. Anyway, what do you think, Dan, is, if you had to pick, if you had to pick one, if you had to assign blame and it couldn't be 50-50, let's say what percentage would you say is if, 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 if our only we have lots of issues. If our only two issues yeah. were goaltending and scoring goals and we we're going to do 100% and those were the two issues, how would you divvy it up? Which would you say is a bigger a bigger problem, the goaltending or the goal scoring and how much by how much? Uh, I I would if you gun to my head, I'm going to say goaltending. Because okay. like because because scoring was always going to be the difficulty with you know the forwards think, put together yeah we got strong we defensive it. forwards strong defense and we're supposed to be strong goaltending and it's not there so um yeah the goal scoring it's one they expected it's like it's not like these guys are scoring fewer goals than we expect you know Mason Appleton to score yeah um so yeah if I had to pick one I would say the goaltending mm-hmm. uh, I also think going forward that next year goaltending might not be an issue i think it i think goalies are weird enough and fluctuate enough that these same guys grubauer and drieger might suddenly play a lot better maybe they're not you know elite making the all-star game but i don't i don't think they can be they're not going to have a sub you know 880 save percentage like they've had this Mm -hmm. year like that's just i saw their own pace to have like the worst save percentage as a as a team goaltending in, yeah, you know, 
30 years like, or something. Yeah, it was like since the year 2000 or something. Yeah. yeah. They right now Grubauer is at 887 and Drieger's at 886. That's where yeah. they're at right now. And that is just like that is not okay. But like, you know, to your point about maybe they won't be all-stars next year. At the same time, maybe one of them will. Tristan Jari was an all-star yeah. this year. Tristan Jari is a Vezina candidate this year. And Tristan Jari is the single reason that the Islanders even made it <clears throat> made it out of the first round last year against Pittsburgh. Yeah. So it is, it is, it is true. It's like I we I think we've equated this before, but they are the they're they're relief pitchers. They're not even starting pitchers, they're relief pitchers, they're like closers in baseball. Like it's very rare to have Mariana Rivera, right? Like yeah. usually it's a guy like JJ Putz that for whatever reason is just really good for like three years. <laughs> and then that's, <laughs> and then that's and then, it. Or Kazuyo Sasaki comes over and throws a splitter for like two years, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore. Like it, it's it's weird. It's weird. So, you know, I, I hope they I hope at this point it's just one of those things where it's just, you know, it's a it's just kind of spiraling on the team. I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure these road trips yeah, are tough. This point. Um and you know, I, I you can kind of chalk it up sometimes to that. And I, I'm with you. I hope they bounce back next year. I would say. I, I definitely think the goaltending is more of a problem than the goal scoring. And I think you bring up a fair point. We expected to not score goals. So maybe that's why we're a little harsher on the goalies because we didn't expect them to be yeah. as bad as they have been. But uh, I don't know. I'd say it's probably like 70-30 goaltending to me. I think that's fair. I'm like, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue against that. Yeah. But you know, um, if go ahead. So I well I've seen if you if you see the goaltending issues and you see I can't believe we have to have Philip Rebauer for the next five years at that, that contract way. don't think that way guys like this Philip Grubauer has never had a season this bad in his career and I don't expect him to have another one this bad yeah in his career unless he plays until yeah. he's forty five or something yeah so you know don't don't sweat it. I know it looks bad to be like he's bad and he we're stuck with him at this bad contract because he's not going to be this bad forever. Goalies are weird. Yeah, and hockey's a weird sport too. There's you know, yeah. there's always a handful of teams that everybody expects to be good that are good, and then there's always a handful of teams that everyone expects to be bad that are good. Like it's mm-hmm. just you know, hockey hockey's weird, and you know there's there's some teams that stay at the bottom, but you know I still have high hopes. And this is only year one, and it's expansion, and you know it just got off to a bad start and it's hard to bounce back from that sometimes. And sometimes that's, that, that's, that's really all it is. So yeah. um, I think we definitely have a, a few years of before we have to really start worrying about if this, if this is like, you know, if it's a problem in leadership or anything like that, um, I don't think we need to, to worry about anything like that. Um, Ron Francis in Carolina, a lot of people like to point to, he got fired and he kind of got the raw end of a deal because half that roster of that strong team is players that he acquired and drafted Um and they were, you know, they took a couple of years. They had a couple mm-hmm. down years. And then, you know, so anyway, he, you know, he, anyway. he has a good eye for talent. You know, he's an all-time great. So I trust his judgment of, of, of players, you know, and I trust that, you know, with the analyst team they got there, that they'll get it right. But the one thing that's driving me crazy is do you feel it? I don't know if it's Moneyball over there and Ron Francis and Dave Haxtell are arguing about who's in the lineup and who's not. But my God, Dan, why, like Ryan Donato, Ryan Donato did nothing wrong. <laughs> I understand Haven Flurry. I would like rather see Flurry over Jeremy Lazan, but I do not understand why Ryan Donato continues to get scratched. And then when they do put him in, they pull out Jonas Donskoy and sorry to circle back, but continue to roll out Riley Shahan every single night. 
Yeah, I don't I don't get it either. Ryan Donato should be should be in the lineup every night. He should be, you know, third line guy, second power play unit. Yep. Type to me, right? Like yes. yes. He, I know yes. he's not best at defense, but the guy can shoot. And one of the Kraken's biggest issues is scoring goals. So let's get the guy who is constantly throwing pucks of the net out there. Um and finishing with you. he finishes yeah. too, man. Yeah. Like he's he knows how to score goals. Like you just like you just see it with some guys like that goal against tonight against Ottawa. Like I swear to God, he like willed it because he had such a good chance before yeah. on the rebound. Yeah. And you just see, like, sometimes you're so close to the net and the goalie's down now and you're so mad, but you're just like, no, like, I, like I'm going to score right now. And he, he passes it to the point, goes straight to the net, tips it. Like, you know what I mean? And he let out that yell, like, you know, we need more Ryan Donato's in the lineup. And so yeah. ice, time, every day ice time is one thing, but he shouldn't, he shouldn't be a healthy scratch. Yeah. Yeah, he should be in yeah. the lineup every night. Yeah, you don't need to roll him yeah. out there in the top six, but he should be out there. And honestly, so should Jonas Donskoy. He's yeah. Jonas Donskoy is a way more valuable penalty killer than Riley Shahan, too. So aside yeah. from the whole Donskoy's a great yes, penalty killer. Yes, Donskoy struggled to score goals, but like don't tell me you're keeping Shahan in the lineup to kill penalties when Jonas Donskoy can do a better job of that than him. Yeah. It just it drives me crazy, man. Those two, though I would rather see like we talked about earlier in the season, and I see a lot of people say the same thing. Like Hayden Fleury should be in the lineup a lot more often. And what happened to Will Borgen? He played well. Dude. Where did yeah. Will Borgen go? He got hurt, and he like he played well when he was out there. I I love Will Borg. I love me some Will Borgen. He's my he's the guy I'm very attached to. The the player who's like maybe not that great, but for some reason mm-hmm. like I'm rooting so hard for him to get regular minutes so he I can see like what he can do. He's, and he's still so young too, right? Like he yeah. can he's he yeah. can he can develop into something. And also, he's one of the very very few right handed def- defensemen we have. Right? It's, Adam, think, it's Adam Larson and Will Borgen, and I think that's it. I feel like it's the size. I feel like it's because he's smaller than most of the defensemen, yeah. so he they, they get worried about him out there. But what I one thing that surprised me about him was he sure doesn't play like he's the smallest defenseman. No, yeah, he's more physical than I I expected. And he dropped the gloves. He was like ready to go. He was ready to back yeah. teammates up. Like I don't know. Like I'm just I would I would kill to see Will Borgen and Hayden Fleury be fighting for that spot. And we trade somebody, Jeremy Lazan, and we pay them to take him. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that much, not that extreme. Like I said, Lazan, yeah. I think got a bad rep earlier. Lazan has gotten better as the season's gone on. He still has his moments, but you know, but, you know, it's hockey things happen. But I, I do think Lazan's play has improved, and I think he he he's kind of stuck with the bad rep from earlier in the season. And a lot of people are just yeah. waiting, and you're so you're watching for him to screw up, and when he does, you're like, there it is. Whereas, you yeah. know, like, you know, tonight, you know, Jamie Alexi, I passed it right, right to Tim Stutzel and Ottawa scored, you know, it happens to other players yeah. too, but, um, you know, still, I still think he shouldn't be a regular in the lineup. Um, yeah. and yeah, and I don't understand how Riley Shahan has worked his way back into being an every night player. No, no, the, uh, Dave Axel has his guys and he's going to play them. He's got his, he's got his guys. Well, Dan, mm-hmm. Dave Haxtell, whether he's got his guys or not, Ron Francis might intervene here. Um, the trade deadline, right. so the trade deadline, folks, is coming up on March 21st. It's, it's I don't know, usually it's in the middle of the day sometime, like 1 p.m. or Yeah, so I think, I think so. It's always in the middle of the day. Yeah. Um, but Monday the 21st, so it's a little over a week away, so a week from Monday. Um, things we, it's it, things it's we noon, know. Noon on Monday. Noon Eastern? Noon, our time, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Noon Eastern. Pacific. 3 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Noon on real time. Sorry, I only, rec- on I only recognize time. the Pacific time zone. Noon on the right time. Um, so 
we will know what uh, what our team will look like after that. We might see some new faces. Um, we expect to see probably a lot of draft cap or some draft capital. Um, yep. Maybe some maybe some prospects that'll be in Charlotte that might kind of go in and out of the lineup as the season goes along. Um, but one thing we do know, it sounds like Mark Giordano is for sure going to be traded. Yeah, he's already had a meeting with Ron Francis where they like discussed his future. Um, it's it's a foregone conclusion that he's not going to finish the season in a Kraken sweater. The only question is where is he going to go? Because there's going to be interest from a lot of teams. He's uh, yeah, he's 38 years old. He's on an expiring contract. He's making six something million dollars this year. Um, yeah. The Kraken can keep half of that. I think it's also Which prorated I'm, when it comes to the cap too. I'm not sure on that. It is so like it is it is right? prorated, but we can keep half of what he's owed the rest of the season. Yeah. So the acquiring team's only going to cost him like one and a half million against the cap or so, or something. And yeah. he's he's still great. You know, I watch him and I'm like, you know what? He doesn't look like a 38 year old defenseman. He's playing 22 minutes a night and he looks good. He can play on a power play. He can play shorthanded. So um, some playoff teams always need. They talk about they need defense, right? Mm-hmm. So, Geo obviously at 38, we're a few years out from contention. Uh, he just doesn't make sense to have him as, you know, hang around here, play for the future. So, that's why he's leaving. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if he had if he had three years on his contract, maybe we'd still say he's yeah, worth sure. it until 40. But you know, he's going to be a free agent in the off season. Um, There's no reason we'll he keep... would sign with a. Yeah. Bad team like us, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I fully expect us to retain salary because you can also get better prospects and better draft picks when you retain yeah. salary. And we have room to do that. And that's one thing Ron Francis also said is he's going to be a facilitator. Sometimes there's trades you'll see where two teams basically trade players and there's salary cap issues. So like they'll send a prospect and some draft picks to a third party just for that yeah. team to take on some salary for the rest of the year, you know, like, and we yeah. said it's prorated. So it's just a couple million bucks. Um, the team doesn't need it this year anyway, and it's only going to be a one-year thing. So um, yep. we'll expect to see some weird deals like that where you'll see a three-way trade and it doesn't really look like we're getting we're getting like a fourth-round pick and like $500,000 on our salary <laughs> cap. But uh, <laughs> I expect to see maybe one or two of those slide through. But, yeah, Geo, it's good. It, it, it sucks. I was hoping, you know, he, it, we'd be in a playoff race and, you know, it would be worth keeping him for. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some – Likely landing spots that I've seen thrown out there. Um, he's a Toronto area native, and Toronto is use some defensive help right now. Yeah, um, Toronto's the one I've heard the most. I've seen Toronto and Florida a lot. Um, I also saw the Rangers. The Rangers, out there. the Rangers. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the Eastern teams. I know earlier in the you know a month or so ago when people started to realize, yeah, the Kraken are probably going to be sellers. Uh, people talked about a re- reuniting in Calgary, but Calgary's defense has been great and their goaltending's been great. Like I'm sure they'd love to have him just because they actually are good this year and be fun to have him for a playoff run, but it doesn't make sense for Calgary to give up assets to bring him back for this run no. when they already had him. And so it'll, it sounds like it'll be an Eastern conference team. Um, but hopefully it's after that next home game. So we can give him a silver stick and do his, do the yeah, thousand games. That would be nice. <laughs> uh, but Gio, <laughs> be his first game with somebody else. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, but Gio, we know, and we'll, we'll definitely give us uh, some of somebody to root for in this year's playoffs. Um, yeah. That, that'll, that, that'll definitely be fun. And, uh, and I'll always look at him differently. Cause I always thought, you know, I never really thought either anything about him as an NHL player until we picked him up and uh, he's been nothing but a class act and nothing but a great player for us. So God, yeah. I'll be sad to see him go along with whoever else we lose, honestly. But, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. whoever we trade, even if it is Jeremy Lazano, I would be sad. I'm sad to see any original cracking go, you know? Yeah. 
Well, I would expect that Geo is not the only trade we make before the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, so who do you think Ron Francis would like to trade away at the deadline? Who do you think is, is on the block? That's most likely. Yeah. I think the, 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 the biggest one that stands out to me is Cal Yarncroke. Um, yeah. He's, he's really come on as the year's gone along. Um, and as he, you know, he, he had COVID at the beginning of the year and I felt like it just kind of slowed it. He just got off to a slow start. He missed the whole first road trip. Um, he, then when he came into the lineup, he didn't really have a poem. Um, and he still kind of doesn't, he still kind of bounces around. Uh, but no matter who he plays with, I mean, he plays good, you know, and yeah. I, I, like I said, I'd like to see him get more power play time earlier. I wouldn't mind seeing him on the number one unit a little more often. Um, I really like Kelly Uncle's game. He's a strong defensive forward. He's a, he's a, he's a 200 foot player, as they say, you know, he plays yeah. both ends of the ice very, very well. He's a, he's a solid, solid player. And for, a team that's maybe had some injuries at forward or they're lacking depth or they maybe need some more penalty killers. Um, you know, I think Kelly Arncroft definitely brings value. Um, he is, he's a free agent after this year. He only makes 2 million bucks. So pro rated, he's going to be less than a million bucks for the rest of the year. So anybody should be able to take him on. Um, I, I would expect if I had to, if I had to guess one player for sure to go other than Geo, I would probably say Kelly Arncroft's that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yarn Croak, um, if, if you're looking for guys that are going to be on the trade block, look for guys on expiring contracts, right? That's what happens at the yep. trade deadline. It's, yep. they, they call it a rental, right? Uh, playoff teams just need an extra body. Maybe they have an injury. Maybe they just uh, need some help on the penalty kill or something. Um, and yeah, Kelly Yarn can do that. Kelly Yarn has been nothing but consistent for his career. If you ever like look at his, his career stats, going back for once, Set for, exactly. for the last seven years, he has scored between 26 and 34 points <laughs> every season. Just nothing but consistent. consistent. 10 to 15 <laughs> goals. You know exactly what you're getting. I saw a tweet the other day that was the most properly rated player in the NHL. So nobody thinks he's underrated or overrated. It's, it's got to be Cali Yarncroke. I think everybody can agree. He's like, yeah, he's he's pretty good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, this year he's already at 12 goals, 14 assists, and uh, 26 points, 48 games in. So he's having, yeah, by yeah, his standards, a pretty good year. That's true. Yeah. Well, the crack but, but like it's, it's more of a reason. It's more of a reason well, yeah. for someone to try and rent him out for a playoff run, is what is what yeah, I'm pointing for out. Sure. Even now, even this year in our situation where we struggled to offense, you know, he's been, I think, somebody that maybe in Nashville was buried a little bit. You know, he played his whole career there. Yeah, it's true. And you know, they looked at him as like he's our third line guy and he's our penalty killer, and that that was his role. You know, but here he's more of a top six guy, and he's yeah. getting more power play minutes and. You know, yeah, he still kills penalties and he does that great. But, you know, I think he's maybe getting a little bit more of a chance to shine. And so I think, you know, I can definitely see some other teams being interested in bringing him along for, for a playoff run. Um, you know, another UFA, you know, part of the uh, part of the, the Blackwell Orchards line. <laughs> yeah. Colin Blackwell is a UFA and he's a minimum salary guy. And man, he's been on fire lately. And when you get on yeah. fire a couple weeks before the trade deadline, someone might just fall in love with you and snatch you up. Especially if you're like a if you're like a fringe team, right? Like, you know, if you're, if you're Dallas or Winnipeg or Vancouver or Edmonton, Anaheim, you know, if you're one of those teams where you're like, you know, you don't want to go trade for geo. You don't want to go trade for somebody, you know, you, you, maybe you're just looking to make smaller moves, kind of like how Jerry DePoto always does, did the trade deadline last year, you know, yeah. for Abraham, if you're looking for Abraham Toro, Colin Blackwell's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like that. Yeah, no, I I would agree. That was my thought when you were naming the lines. I was like, you know what? I don't think Colin Blackwell is long for this lineup. I love watching yeah. Colin Blackwell play, man. He's fast. It's really fun to watch, but uh, unrestricted free agent after this year. I don't know if, if Ron Francis would be able to sign him to a longer term deal. I don't know what that deal would even look like. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I could definitely see a team. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Just like a team on the fringe of the playoffs would definitely use a guy like Colin Blackwell who could play up and down the lineup and uh, is a threat yeah. to score shorthanded too, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, he can throw him on your fourth line and stash him there. And even if he doesn't play that, you know, it's not like he's, it's not a high risk move for you and it won't cost yeah, you Yeah, exactly. There's it. no risk. Yeah. For a and team training he's for, a, for him. He's a, a UFA minimum salary guy. Like mm-hmm. we're not going to ask much to keep him, you know? Yeah unless we decided we're trying to already negotiate an extension with him, you know, and that, that's the thing is there are guys that I'm sure that they're already eyeing over that maybe we are yeah. wanting to keep, you know? So we also have some restricted free agents. So you can, you probably, I feel like you understand this better, but as far as I understand, so an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, season ends, shake hands, part ways, and we can either resign them, but so can anybody else. Once free agency yeah. starts, if we haven't resigned them, anybody can. A restricted free agent, they they are allowed to talk to other teams, but if another team makes an offer, we then have a window to match yeah. that off. It's like three days or something where you, where yeah. the Kraken could then say, Oh no. And then the, we'll match the offer and they sign him to the exact contract that the other team offered. Yeah. And the player doesn't yeah. really have a say the player does have to sign the offer sheet by the other team. So if the other team offers him a contract, he has to say, okay, yes, I would like this. And then the Kraken come back and say, okay, we'll give it to you instead. Yeah. Um, but it is when they do sign the offer, like, you know, it makes, you don't see it very often because normally no. the player will negotiate with their team. Cause if you sign the offer sheet with the other team, you have to be willing to play for that team. Because if yeah. you, you're almost saying, well, I'm going to play for this many years and this salary for one of these two teams. Yeah. You know, and you have to be okay with that. Cause it happened to Kakinemi this year with Carolina and Montreal. Um, so yeah, you know, like Sebastian Ajo was willing to play in Montreal if Carolina didn't want to match that deal a couple yeah. years ago. So it does happen. But um, in general, though, you'll, have, see re- you'll see restricted free agents resign with the team who has which, the rights. And the, I guess the main reason I bring it up is so a restricted free agent would typically, you can kind of ask for a little more value than an unrestricted free agent because the UFA is just strictly what, like Dan, like my brother said, a rental player. He were yeah. renting for the end of the year and you, you have no idea what's going to happen. Maybe they fall in love with their city and resign. Maybe you don't even want to resign them. Anything can happen. But when you trade for a restricted free agent, you now have the rights to negotiate with that player and match any offer sheets that they may sign. So mm-hmm. we have Mason Appleton on that. Um, we also have Ryan Donato, Morton Geeky. They'll all be restricted free agents um, mm-hmm. at the end of the season. And then on defense, Hayden Fleury and Jeremy Lazan. So if anybody wants to trade for them, even though, you know, they're more bottom of the line of guys. Mason Appleton is someone who started to perform a little bit better after a slow start. Um, But if anybody wants one of those guys, the reason they might want them might be, you know, more for, more for the future, even, you know, and this season, you know what I mean? It might be somebody they're interested in re-signing and you want to get a head start on negotiations and almost know you can re-sign them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That seems like a, a slightly longer term thing for another team. Do you think any of um, anybody would be interested in any of our upcoming RFAs? Yeah, maybe Appleton because he's come on strong recently. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see getting, I don't see enough value 
being offered to the Kraken to to part with any of those guys, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, like yeah. I wouldn't part with Mason Appleton for, you know, a seventh round pick. And I don't yeah. know that anybody wants to offer much more than, you know, a yeah, yeah. sixth round pick, you know, something like that. So yeah. um, my prediction is all the, the RFAs ha- stay through the trade deadline. Yeah, I think one thing that uh, that is another angle to this is, you know, I don't know if any players are going to maybe request to be moved because I, of the way the season's gone. And maybe too, yeah. like like if you're if you're Hayden Flurry, mm-hmm. and you've played how many games this year? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at Hayden Flurry if I if I heard a report that he asked for a trade. You know what I mean? I would, I would say, I understand he's played in 31 games this year. I mean, okay. like, that's, you know, German Zon's played in 50. I I don't think, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. And, you know, but I could see him signing an offer sheet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you never know. I don't think, I don't think any of them are going to be that disgruntled, but uh, it could yeah. happen. I think if anybody if anybody were to get moved, I guess the only reason I would say Hayden Flurry is because I think maybe another team might really like his game. I feel like he's kind of uh, he's not super polarizing, but he's like a little polarizing. Like I feel like some people really don't like his yeah. game, and some people really do like his game. You know what I mean? Like some people think there's mm-hmm. like, oh man, like I feel like there could be a team out there that thinks like, man, we get him in our lineup and put him on our second power play unit and our third pair, and he's going to be a, a gem for us. You know, um, yeah. somebody could cough up a little more than we we expect. And maybe, you know, because of how much he plays, they're just, we're willing to let, he's the only one I would think that I could see maybe moving, but, um, but I, I do ultimately agree with you. Ultimately, I don't think any RFAs will go. Yeah. I got another defenseman I think could go. Who's that? Cause I feel like, I still feel like, I still feel like we got to trade one. Yeah. I think Carson Susie could be on the block. Susie oh, don't tell me that. Not Dr. I, Seuss. I think so. He's, you know, he's very strong defensively. He's tied his career high in goals this year somehow. So maybe he can score too. I think a team might come in and say, hey, let's let's bring in another big body on the defense because teams love trading for those big, strong defensemen for their playoff push, right? Playoffs so physical. Everybody talks about that. And Carson Susie's huge. He's like 6'5". Huge. Yeah. Uh, and he plays a solid defensive game. He's under contract for two for this year and next year. So it's next a little year. bit more of an investment, but he's making mm-hmm. 2.75 million against the cap. So not an outrageous salary cap hit by any means. I think a team, maybe it may be a fringe team like you were talking about earlier, you know, a team that says, mm-hmm. Hey, I think we, we, we can make the playoffs this year. And also I think we're setting up to make the playoffs next year. Let's bring in Carson Susie for a couple of years and uh, see how yeah. that goes and see if we want to extend him. So I, I, I wouldn't be too attached to Carson Susie is what, is what I'm saying. No, that's, that's a, that's a great point is there are teams that will be like on the fringe that I mentioned earlier. Um, or maybe, you know, towards the bottom of the playoff bracket this year that, you know, mm-hmm. still has some work to do that are that know they're a playoff team and know going into next year, they're going to be going for it, you know? Yeah. And so the players that, that that's the next step you'll see, obviously the expiring contracts, but a contract only one more year is, you know, still not ultimately a huge mm. risk for an NHL team. And you can even explore offseason moves if you really are that upset with how it goes for somebody yeah. you go after. But, you know, that's pretty rare in itself. Um, Carson Susie is in that situation. <laughs> What's funny is the other one on four was Jonas Donskoy, but nobody paying Jonas Donskoy $4 million for two goals. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't think Donskoy is uh... – 
<laughs> developed his uh, his market value this year. Yeah, because what's funny is he he sh- he should be a prime trade target based on his entire yeah. career in Colorado and based on how our season's gone. He should be a prime trade target, but I would be shocked if anybody was willing to cough up what we would want for Jonas Donskoy, unless we really would just be happy to get him off the books, you know? Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe there's a team out there that said, "Look, guys, let's look at his career as a whole." But I. I tend to agree with you. I think they're going to be like, this guy scored two yeah. goals this year. Why are we going to trade for his $4 million? Think, Even if Seattle retains half of it or whatever. Um, I was going to say, I think if we retained half of it and it was this yeah. year and you were, and you were, you were, you needed defensive help because he still contributes value defensively. Yeah, that's true. I think if you specifically like lost like a defensive forward or a prime penalty killer and you were like, man, we can pay a million bucks. Seattle will keep a salary. We can send him a fifth round pick or whatever, but because he's also under contract next year. I, I don't expect that. Um, yeah, I think I think Geo. I think Yarncroak. And then Those you know, the, Geo and Yarncroak are the two I'm most confident will be gone. Marcus Johansson. Somebody could offer a late round pick that we take for him. He can be a bottom I, of the lineup guy for a playoff I, team. I could see Marcus Johansson getting moved for you know a sixth round pick or something. Yeah, um, he's yeah. bouncer. He's but he's a veteran guy. You know, he has playoff experience. He played all those seasons with the Capitals. Um, I think he left before they won the cup, but he still played in the playoffs. Um, I could yeah. see a team seeing him and he's, and he's looked good recently too. He made a couple of great, great passes setting up Wenberg for a couple goals recently. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe those highlight real goals will, uh, will help his trade value, but yeah. I, I could see a team offering very little for him and the Kraken accepting that. Yeah. Well, Dan, if you were, uh, if you were GM of the Kraken, mm-hmm. who would who would you be looking to move? I guess is there is there anybody else? I guess that we have like would you be trying actively to ship somebody out? Like me um, personally, yeah, or that you think that that you think you could get a good value for that you think ultimately we could, we'd be better off just kind of, you know, yeah, I don't know. Do you see any names that you think that we won't ship out that you would ship out? Um. You know, I'd probably, I'm probably going to just go with my last uh, thing and say Susie. I think he's, he's yeah. the odd man out. He's the guy I think is the odd man out on defense. That's, uh, but otherwise, I, yeah. It's just hard to see any guys that I would ship out that also I could see a team giving us good value for. Yeah. You know, like I, I'd be fine. I would probably rather move on from Lausanne than Susie, but I think you're going to get better value, better return for Susie than Lausanne. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what about you? No, Is there anybody time. you would you would move? You know, the con. I just think the contracts and how it's gone this year just makes it too hard. You know, yeah. Like, like I said, like sure, it'd be nice to convince somebody that Jonas Donskoy is worth a couple second round picks or third round picks or something. You know, because of you know but it's hard with him being owed $3.9 million next year. And then, uh, you know, I like all the guys, honestly, with the big contracts, if it were me, I mean, I would, you know, I would, I would, I would shop Jordan Eberle. I would at least make some phone calls or I would at least put his name on the trading block personally. If it were me, I like Jaden Schwartz. I like Yanni Gord. I even like Wenberg. Um, and obviously we have McCann now, uh, Based off of all the forwards I've seen, Everly's been very streaky. Um, and I just I just feel like for as good of an offensive player as he is, I feel like 
his game definitely relies on playing with quality line mates. I don't yeah. necessarily think he's a guy like I talked about uh, Yanni Gord. Like people that play with Yanni Gord play better. And that just to me jumps out to me. And Jordan Everly sort of needs his Yanni Gord, you know, even though they don't play together. I mean, he needs, you know, he played with Matt Barzell yeah. on the Islanders. Yeah, he scored 30 goals a year. That's that's awesome, you know, but like he needs to be on the top line with Jared McCann. Otherwise, I don't think he's going to be able to get the scoring chances. You know, I don't think he creates them enough by himself. I think he's more as a he's a he's a high hockey IQ guy, so he's always in the right spot. But you know, lacks a little bit of foot speed and just you know, there's some small parts of his game playing on the boards that I don't think are his strongest. So he's owed 5.5 million and he's under contract for two more years after this year. So it would be more of a you know, it could even be a bad team you trade him to. It might not even be a playoff team. It yeah. would just be more of something I would explore, um, and it's probably more of an off-season thing. But he's probably the one that I don't think is going anywhere. That if I were GM, I would at least make some phone calls about or put his name out there and see if any team out there was in love with his game. You know? Yeah, I I could see that. I think the Kraken are definitely worse next year if Jordan Eberle's not on the team, though. Um, and like you said, I think that feels more like an off-season move than a trade deadline move. If you're going to try and yeah. Try and move but that him. depends. It depends on what Good we man, get. I'm not know. saying training for a first round pick. I'm saying like, like there's, there's yeah, like maybe there's 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 a team with with some some prospects that could be worth that could be you know yeah stuck maybe. behind some other people. You know maybe we can try and look at look at our defense differently. And uh, you know if I were also GM, you know hey, I'd at least call Toronto and ask them if they like either of our goalies because I know they might be better, Dan. But if anybody wants to take our goalies and their contracts, they can have them. I. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, bring on Joey Decord and let's get uh oh I don't remember his name, the Russian kid we drafted. Oh, it's hard it's hard to say, yeah. Uh I had it a, but no, it's gone. Dude, but that kid Viaz- that Viazavoy? kid's doing great where he's playing. Viazavoy? Yeah, yeah, there it is. That's it. So, it's something like that. That's Pretty how it's good. spelled. Um yeah. no man, let's like him you know, over here. You know, I know Washington's obviously a much better team, but man, it kills me that Vitek Vanacek has played so well this year. <laughs> like Vitek Vanacek, I mean, Vitek Vanacek has been so good this year. He like took the starting job from Elias Samsonov, and it just is like, you know. So I would also, I mean, I, I got to be honest. If you're a GM and you just kind of put feelers out there, like I'd at least like touch base with the teams that need goaltending and heading into the playoffs. There's always playoff teams that that have goaltending issues. Yeah, always year one, after yeah. year. Maple, it's, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a playoff team that have goaltending issues every year. You know, yeah, Edmonton um, Oilers when they make the playoffs always need something. Yeah, you know the Oilers have goaltending issues too. So, you know, I I don't I don't expect again. This is just you know we're kind of playing a little fantasy right now. This is if Jeremy Morris is the GM of the Kraken. He's <laughs> he's shopping Grubauer. He's shopping Trigger. He's shopping Everly, and they're all staying here anyway. Um, yeah. and I don't think Ron Francis is shopping any of those people. Um, no. What about so? Who do you think? Uh, who do you think is? is on, is on, I guess, Ron Francis's uh, no fly list. Who do you think? I, I heard him mention that they've kind of identified their core in one of his interviews. Okay. Um, so we know now, for example, it would be a, an absolute shock if Jared McCann got traded. He's yeah. into a contract like that. Jared McCann is a part of your core moving forward. Mm-hmm. I personally also think guys like Everly and Schwartz and Yanni Gord are. Yeah. But maybe they don't. What do you, what do you think? Who do you think is, is part is the untouchables for the Kraken? Yeah, I think, I think very few guys, right? I think when when you're struggling this much uh you you'll t- you'll feel the call for anybody really um yeah. Jared McCann is very clearly going to be in that core uh Jaden Schwartz I think is in the core I think 
Dion, uh, Jordan Eberle is is in Ron Francis's core. Uh, and I think Yanni Gord is too. I think Alex Wenberg might be. Um, and then you got Jamie Alexiak and Adam Larson. To me, those might be the only two defensemen in the core. I like mm-hmm. to think Vince Dunn is too. Um, I like to think Vince Dunn is too, but I don't think he is. Yeah, right? Like, I think Vince Dunn is in my <laughs> core, but I don't think he's in Ron Francis's core. I yeah. don't know, though. Yeah. My two jerseys so far are Vince Dunn and Jared McCann. So those are but, my expansion jerseys. But, you jerseys, know, so. during, the exp- during the expansion draft, right, they clearly had talked to Jaden Schwartz a lot because they mm-hmm. signed him as an unrestricted free agent, and they weren't afraid to use their expansion picks to, to select free agents, but they didn't use that on Schwartz. They instead used it on Vince Dunn and then managed to sign Schwartz afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a bit of a risk, right? So I feel like yeah, you might not get Schwartz. Do you like yeah. Vince done enough to risk not well, being able to get Jaden Schwartz? I don't know. The one thing, the one thing that I will say too is I know it would have been a huge risk, but for only two years they could have had Vladimir Tarasenko, and yeah, yeah he might have been hurt and he might have sat there for seven million. But with how much cap they obviously have, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have hindered you even if he was out of the lineup injured and he could be on long term IR if he's really not playing anyway. So. Yeah. It just, you know, it tells me that they do. I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into it like you, but I, I ultimately think Alexiak Larson, and I think I would be comfortable saying Dunn's part of the core too, just for like I said, like, like you said, they could have signed Schwartz before free agency started to make sure nobody got him, um, and they also could have, they also could have taken Vladimir Tarasenko, which I, you know, was hoping they would do. At the same time, I was very aware of Vince Dunn, and he's just, he's. It's easy to like his game. He's feisty and he scores. Yeah. It's fun to have guys that are not afraid of physical play, but also have offensive talent. You know, it's fun to have, you know, that on your, on your blue line. So. Yeah. Oh, I would I like also to... say, I would also say both goalies are part of the core. I don't think Ron Francis is interested in moving either of them. You don't think he is? You don't think if don't somebody think so. called, I... you don't think if like Toronto called and they were like, Hey man, like, I know it's been a rough year up there. And we, we think, you know, Drieger, we think Drieger can be, can be our guy. Uh, he's only got, you know, I don't know. And they, they offer okay. us some, something that's an actual value. Okay. Well, I so I, I did preface this with they would take calls on anybody, right? They would, they would take <laughs> the call. They would consider it. But I think that ultimately they would say, we would like to give these guys another year to see how things go. See, I think, I think Grubauer's in that boat. I don't necessarily think Drieger's in that boat. No, I think he is. I think they signed Drieger with that intention. I think they like, yeah. Okay, so he has a modified no trade clause. So he has ten teams that he that, that you can't trade him to. I think they signed Drieger with that intention, but they were like they were pretty open about the fact that they did not expect to sign Philip Grubauer. Yeah, like we straight up, like I said, we drafted Vitek Vanacek and sent him back to Washington. So I think, I think that sort of changes. You know, I think that that changes how you then view Drieger. And I mean, Drieger's played. You know, remember he was the expansion draft, and he was talking about how he was excited to finally be the guy. He's been in a tandem his whole career. He's not even in a tandem here. He's a, he's he's a backup. He has not even That's played true. 20 games this year. He is a backup. So I I would not be shocked if a, one of those playoff teams that really need to goaltending and just, you know, I do think they would have to give up a lot because I think we do value him. I think Francis values him, but I think he would move him if somebody gave us enough. Yeah, I don't think he would move Grubauer. But I, I guess you're right. Grubauer is under contract for even longer than Drieger. So, what am I thinking? Yeah, you're right. Also, by happen. the way, it could by happen. the way, I don't think Br- it will. Brandon Tanev is also part of the core. 
Oh yeah, can't forget about the IR guys. Brandon yeah. Tanev is absolutely part of the core. He Nobody's going to trade anyway. for a guy on IR at the trade deadline, but just yeah. to be clear. But to be clear, just to <laughs> just to, just to wipe that one away, I don't expect Trigger to be moved. But uh, you know, I don't think it would like floor me if like one of those playoff teams thought like, "Hey, man, he just hasn't played, and he needs to be around a playoff team and a playoff defense." You know, yeah. I could see a team like making calls, and you know. Chris Drieger would be cheaper than Marc-Andre Fleury. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. You know, yeah, like, if, like if, Fleury, if Fleury gets traded a couple days before the deadline too, right? And then yeah. the team goes, ah, crap, we or can't get even him the now. Morning, yeah, even the morning of. And like people panic, yeah. man. Haven't you ever seen draft day? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that exactly how it works I lo- in real life? I love that movie. It's, it's I know you like, do. That's it's kind of terrible. It <laughs> it's terrible, but I love it. <laughs> Oh, you know, with recent events in, around the Seahawks, it doesn't seem as far-fetched anymore. <laughs> right, now that the Seahawks have the number one overall pick, that used to always bug me, and I'm like, oh, well. Oh, well. No, well you know, next one. year might be our year, baby. No, they can't have it because they don't have their first-round pick. Or no, they right. do They do ne- the following. You know, That's we're, right. We're, getting, we're good. We're getting off topic. We've been talking for a long time. It's late. What? Um, oh, God. Yeah, we have. So anyway, so, so I, I think... I think with the core, I think I'm with you. I think Everly Schwartz and Gord and McCann are for sure there. Yeah. I think Wenberg is, but I don't, I don't think, you know, I think they would definitely take calls on Wenberg. He's on um, the fringe. Yeah. But, you know, to me, there's no reason. I mean, I don't know. I don't think we're three or four years away. It's hockey and we're young and we're still evolving. Like, I think we should look at next year as a fresh year. I don't think we should go into next year expecting to be bad again. I, I, I don't think we should play it that way. And for that reason, I don't think there's any reason to take calls on any of those guys. Like I said, except for me personally, I would take calls on, I believe, but I, you know, and yeah, they'll take calls on anybody, but they're going to, they, they would want an, a, an extreme amount and overpay for any of those guys. And no one's going to give that up. So I would agree mm-hmm. with, uh, I would agree with the, with the, the quote-unquote core of the team so far all right well there we go that's our that's our trade deadline discussion we'll see how right or wrong we were in a little over a week how it shakes out oh it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun there's gonna be some sad moments but yeah it'll be be fun it'll be fun too because one thing to keep in mind folks is one thing we don't know is yeah we'll get draft picks but we're gonna get some new players we're going to get yeah. players. Some teams are going to have to have players that they trade that are just like throw-ins to make the salary cap work. And like, we're still going to need to field an NHL team. Like yeah. say Ron France is more aggressive than I think. And he trades like six guys and a bunch of guys we don't expect to be traded. Like they're going to need to field, you know, they're going to need to fill out the roster. So um, they also next year, Palm Springs is going to be a full-fledged AHL team. You're going to need a full 23 man roster down there. And right now we have like what, 10 or 12 in Charlotte. So I mean, yeah. You, you're not just going to sign 12 undrafted free agents, you know, you're going to need, you know, I expect a couple of prospects to come our way and I'm excited to start digging into some new names and, uh, and see yeah, what they can bring to the table sure. in the years to come. So that's, that's the most exciting part to keep in mind is like, we're talking about trading a guy like Geo. We're going to wait till the last minute. Cause we're going to drive the price up because he continues to play great hockey. And yeah. He's, you know, he's going to give us a good return for sure. Yeah, but yeah, after the deadline, we'll uh, let's get Luke Henman up here, the original Kraken. You know, let's see some new it's faces. Weird. See what they bring, can do. Bring me True back. Bring me Truzy. Give us the Flurry Brothers on a defensive pair again. They played well together, yeah. and you know what? Once if, if Geo goes, that's at least one more defensive spot to open up. So give mm-hmm. me some more Will Borgen. Yeah, right. 
Like, yeah. Let's just get Hayden Fleury in there as a regular, or, you know, yeah. him and him and Borgen fluctuating. Yeah. And yeah. And if they do end up, and if you're right, if they end up moving on from Susie and Gio, or if they move Gio right? to second, even if it's a second defense, just even if another it is one. Lazan Fleury or Borgen, you know, maybe one of yeah. those guys is buried and another team thinks they shouldn't be. And they'll be like, Hey, because if you see a guy buried on a team that you like, you call and you say, I'll give you a sixth round pick, maybe a fifth round pick. And you hope you can just take a player that you think you're stealing from them. I mean, we called Detroit and gave them a fifth round pick to Quandre Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it's a little different, different sports. But uh, but in, in hockey, you can, some people see players differently. So I could see one of the bottom defensemen going too. Yeah. Well, what's, uh, what's been going on around the league though? Around the league, uh, Alex Ovechkin's making headlines for uh, a few reasons, but notably because he caught <laughs> he caught Yarmer Yager on the all-time career goals list. He did, right? He did. He caught him. He tied him. I don't think he's passed him yet. He probably will by the time we we come out with this. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, he's tied with Yarmer Yager for goals. That's crazy. Third all-time on the hunt for he he'll pass. Wait, who's second? Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. Yeah, he'll pass yeah, so Gordy Howe like, next year, probably. His his next goal, he will have more than Yager. And right now, I mean, so right now there's only two people in initial history that have scored more goals than Alexander Ovechkin, and that's Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky. It's pretty cool to be able to like watch that in our lifetime. Exactly. To see like yeah. the whole thing year by year. It's and he's done that with the year he was the number one overall pick. There was a lockout. He missed his entire rookie season. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a rookie season, but it was a year late. Um, he had a pandemic shortened season as well. Uh, they had another lockout shortened season, right? another lockout play, like 48 games. Yeah. So he's missed, yeah. you know, almost two full seasons, but none of it due to injury. None, and, and also in an era where less goals are scored, it's just, you yeah. know, it's, it's been it's awesome wild. to watch. He's just the goal scorer of all goal scorers. So, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And speaking of Yager, did you see that he was doing a fundraiser? Yeah, he's raising he money. Did a fundraising for... game for for Ukraine out there. He he took his 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 uh he played he owns a one of the pro teams in in Czechia. Is that how you say it right? Czechia now? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, he owns one of the pro teams out there, and he played. He's a player owner, um, because of course he is. So cool. And uh, <laughs> and they play in a five thousand seat arena, and he he was doing a game where he was sending all the money to support Ukraine, and so he went to the the the, the pro arena in Prague and eighteen thousand people and sold it out and raise much money so continues to be just an awesome human Yager. yeah we love it we love to see it and speaking of scoring goals uh austin matthews is leading the league in goals scoring over 40 of them yeah Couple i know i just watched i just watched him score three the other the other night <laughs> <laughs> only two of them were real goals the empty netter doesn't so, count so that wasn't a real hat trick to you did it bug you Not when you started throwing hats on the ice <laughs> No, that's absolutely a It's a real hat trick if it happened for us, just not against us. Yeah, that is the right answer. That's um, that's right. No, Austin Matthews is, is is unreal, dude. I just think it's so cool that uh, you know he's uh, he comes. His mom's Hispanic. He's born and raised in Arizona, and he was yeah. the number one overall pick. And he just is lighting up the NHL. I think it just shows that you know hockey has a long way to go to grow in new areas, but it shows that when you go to new areas, you can find great athletes that fall in love with the game of hockey mm-hmm. and. And, and and cool things can happen. So Austin, uh, Matthews, Austin Matthews is the reason the Coyotes are still in Arizona. <laughs> that is exactly right, because Gary Bettman is determined to find a second yep. one. Apparently, yep. Um, dude, did you see Jack Eichel? Uh, did you see his quotes after his game in Buffalo? Phenomenal! I love it. I I want more of this in the NHL. For those that didn't Tell know, what happened, Dan? 
For those that didn't know, Jack Eichel, you know, spent the first seven seasons of his career in Buffalo, captain of the team, the, the best player on the team, pretty much hands down. Uh, and the team was terrible. He finally got traded this year to the Vegas Golden Knights after a long battle with the team where he wanted to get a specific surgery to fix his back or his neck. Mm-hmm. And the team wanted him to get a different surgery and they couldn't agree. And so he just sat there missing games, unable not to get surgery, not getting surgery at all until they finally got traded to Vegas who said, yeah, get the surgery you want. Um, made his, his return to Buffalo and uh, not all the fans enjoyed it. He got booed in Buffalo. They mm-hmm. you know, side with ownership for some reason. <laughs> Very anti-labor to me. Yeah, it seems kind of dumb, honestly. Like, <laughs> So after the game, though, he said someone asked him about the booze and he said uh, that was the loudest he's ever he's put in that building for seven years. That was the loudest it's ever been. Uh, maybe they just needed him to leave or or, or something. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he said great. the fans just had to show up after I left. That's it. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and he said they're just booing. He said they're just booing because they're going to miss me or something like that. He yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, they want me back. Like, I've never really thought either way about Jack Eichel, except for all the memes where he looks like uh, the, the the burglar from Home Alone, the tall one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, he that was awesome. I just I just I just love seeing like pettiness, spite. You know, I love seeing yeah. raw human emotions from guys that are usually robots with their answers. Like, you know what Jack Eichel yeah. didn't say? We just need to get pucks deep. He did not say that. And it was awesome to just see like a real moment of somebody of how he really felt. Because also, Vegas is a better team than Buffalo, and they lost. They lost in Buffalo, yeah. and I'm sure that hurt Jack Eichel. Like, yeah, you no, know you didn't want to lose that team. I'm sure, you know yeah, you didn't. And you only get to go there once a year, so like, I, you won't get to see them until next year because they're not going to be in the finals. No. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I thought it was awesome that he was just kind of like let, like, just kind of, you know, said how he felt, and also, I would be. A little upset too if I got booed when I got drafted to that franchise. I did yeah. everything I could. I scored goals. Like Jack Eichel performed well. He performed very, very well year in, year out. He wanted a surgery that was less evasive. That's been done in by that NFL players have had yeah. done come back. No one in the NHL had yet, so I understand Buffalo's concern. But I don't understand why Buffalo wouldn't just learn about the surgery, and then, you know what I mean? Just, just take the yeah. time to like walk through it with whoever you need to walk through it with and say, yes, in the end of the day, like your alternative is trading him away. Like, why would you not let him? I don't, I don't know. I think that was crazy how it all went down yeah. and I completely sided with Jack Eichel. And then if I got booed on top of that, when I came back and the fans didn't understand like what happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm bitter. Yeah. Uh, we're, it was a pro Jack Eichel could podcast you, now, apparently. Could you imagine if after the game, the Denver Broncos play this year at Seattle. If Russell Wilson said that was the loudest I've ever seen, the fans <laughs> finally showed up. Could you imagine what would happen if Russell Wilson said that? Or if he said like, oh they're God. just, booed. or if for some reason he gets booed, which I hope to God, he doesn't get booed, but I'm sure there are people that will boo. Some people will. But if it was like overpowering boos over cheers, could you imagine if he just said like, I guess they're just booing because they miss me. Like, you know, like, it was never that loud when I was there. Like, could you imagine? God, I would. Lo- I would love it. <laughs> don't if you go to the game, don't boo Russell Wilson. Don't boo Russell Wilson. Don't boo, boo Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. God. Anyway, um, yeah, love it though. Love it for love it for Jack Eichel. Yes, good for Jack Eichel. All uh, right. 
I'm all fired up. Let's see me do a quick. I've, I feel like I've already yeah. yelled enough. You're a little fired up. Do you want to? Do you want to keep keep it going with another? With yeah, another might as well before we get out of here. Get off your lawn. Well, like I feel like I should just do get off my lawn about like uh, Riley Shahin and Jeremy Lazan and Dave Haxtall because that's I mean that's what I've been getting <laughs> mad about this whole podcast. <laughs> but realistically, so there's something that's been bugging me for a while when I go to the games and I'm trying to teach the new fans to you know as much as I can about uh, about about hockey. When 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 you're at the game, if you are so privileged and so lucky as to get a seat right on the glass, right in that front row, whether it's you know somebody, it's a present, you, you can afford it, stop banging on the glass when the play's right in front of you. Like, you look like a toddler at the zoo banging on the glass of the gorillas that's riling them all up. It, dri- it drives me nuts, man. It dri- and, and it happens everywhere. This is not just a, like a Seattle yeah. thing. This is not a cracking thing. This is a universal across hockey fandom thing and it like I, I see mascots on teams do it it drives it drives me nuts like they're playing the game enjoy your seat i feel like it's something you should do if you like are just too rich and you don't understand hockey and you just have me sitting there and you're like drinking beer and you're like yeah, yeah. Like, ugh, just enjoy your seat watch the game stop banging on the glass when the players are right in front of you okay what if there's a fight right in front of you stand up and yell like everybody else <laughs> still can't bang on the glass i mean like you know if like when like the fight's over and you're like like if you're doing it like an applause or like after a goal even you know like if you're okay. doing it like an applause like 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 sure so you're allowed but to I'm clap about the when glass. there's like when there's like a scrum on the boards you know what i'm talking about yeah, I know, exactly, like, I know exactly what players, you're talking about. You don't talk yeah. about players are digging at the puck on the feet, and, it, and then everybody just starts banging on the glass. I'm like, oh my god, stop it, stop it now! <laughs> am I am I am I crazy on this one, Dan? Is this not is this uh, just a me thing? Do you think this is I a mean, so, thing or is it a me thing? Well, so you're definitely right that people do it. I don't really like. I I see them do it. And I'm like, why? I don't know what the point of that is, but it really doesn't bother me. <laughs> you see no problem. You don't think it's like uh, it's like poor. It's like poor fandom or poor etiquette. It's like it's, not, it's, like, mean, it's not. It's not against being. A, you know, it's not something you shouldn't do it again. I, I I don't know. I would. I wouldn't do it. So like I'll, I'll tell. You, I'll say that. Uh, okay. But when I see other fans do it, I'm just like, eh. You do you, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just you know. <sighs> you know. I guess. The, the the one thing I would say is if if you paid for the seats, you can you know you can, and they cost that much, you can probably do whatever the hell you want when you're sitting there. <laughs> um, so maybe as I talk it out with you, maybe it is more of a personal thing than like a an inappropriate fan thing. Because yeah, like I said, yeah. it's not like a it's not like it's just like pro hockey, minor hockey, Seattle. It's 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 everywhere. You go to a hockey yeah. game anywhere, you're going to see people do it. Like I said, you're going to see mascots do it. Just for some reason, it just irritates the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. You're allowed to be irritated by it. All right. Yeah. Uh, next few games coming up, we got Montreal. So, you know, the, we're taking on the last place team. It's second to last place team. So that's, uh, I'm sure they're putting that on Hockey Night in Canada, right? Well, they're also on fire because they hired Marty St. Louis and they've won like seven of the nine or 10 games since he started coaching. Uh, it's their first game back at full capacity after COVID. There's oh. 21,000 people there. So it's honestly the kind of game that the Kraken will win. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a great point. You know what else the kind of game the Kraken will win when they host Tampa Bay? Next You're damn Wednesday. right. 
Geo gets a silver stick and, and then he gets out of town and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take down the lightning and then uh I'm looking forward to the Red Wings come back to town because I remember when we played at Detroit that was uh that was one of the most entertaining games. Oh, that was of the year. a really good game. That's right. That was yeah. our first shootout back and forth, uh lead changes. Um, I just remember that being a highly entertaining game. And uh mm-hmm. speaking of that, Detroit, did you see the almost goalie fight tonight? Yes. Man. Oh, man. Cam Talbot came flying all the way down the ice from Minnesota. And the uh, refs wouldn't let him go. What's the, I, I can't say the Detroit goalie's name. What's his name? Do you know his, how to say his name? Detroit? I don't even know. I've never even seen it written. I don't know who plays goalie in Detroit right now. Oh, it's uh, – I don't know how to say his name. Right? It's um, Nedelkovich. 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 That's it. Nedelkovich. Yeah. It's late. Anyway, so really, dude, he had, by the way, he had one of the worst nights you could have as a goalie. Dude. So Nadelkovic tonight, a puck was bouncing in and he, it was going wide and a Minnesota player was coming into forecheck and he went to swat it out of his way, swatted it into his own net between his own legs, between scored, his five own hole, legs. scored five hole on himself. <sighs> then he got mad at the end of the period and tried to get in the fight. And then after a five to five tie, he ends up losing a game in shootout where he doesn't stop either shot he faces. Like, dude. Oof. He, Tough night. Uh, so after I saw the highlight of the almost holy fight, I turned on the third period on my second TV while I was watching the Kraken. <laughs> and uh, in the shootout, as soon as the second player scored, it was Fiala. And it was one of those where he, like, cut across and did, like, a soft shot back to the side he came from. Oh, like, yeah. honestly, like, almost like an insult to injury goal. And Nadelkovich just got up, turned around, and just, like, I've never seen a goalie break his stick so hard on the post. Uh, he swung his stick so hard and broke it, uh, and jammed it down the tunnel on stuff on his way out. Oh man, he had he had a rough rough night. Tough go of things for Dugfitch. Tough go of things. Um, one more thing before we get, do we have any? Uh, I think we have. Did you? Did we answer all your fan questions? I know we had we had some fan questions this week. Yeah, Jolene has up uh, a lot of trade deadline things. Talking um, about the trade deadline. Yeah, she Jolene has a question. She doesn't know much about offensive and defensive schemes. Um, is Ron Francis building a team around the way Dave Haxtell coaches, or is Haxtell mm-hmm. not really coaching to the players' strengths? This is like uh, and what I talk GMs and head coaches, you know, how, how what's their uh, mm-hmm. their process? Do they work together? This is what I what I mentioned earlier. Like, do you think there's a possible money ball situation going on? Because for those not familiar with the movie, Brad Pitt plays Billy Bean, who it's like the beginning of analytics in baseball. They're like the first team that use all these analytics that a lot of teams don't and these numbers. And he signs these players that don't make sense to the manager, but the manager continues to play the players and have the, the lineup order the way he wants it. And it's not how the GM kind of built the team. So I am curious about that. I'm curious about how Ron Francis' thoughts and what those discussions are like, because, you know, to be honest, we don't know. We're not privy to that. And, no. you know, they're, they're a new relationship. You would assume that they're working together in a lot of these decisions this first year. But at the end of the day, I would imagine Dave Haxall has final say on the 18 players dressed every night. Yep. Um, and, you know, Ron Francis uh, drafted Hayden Fleury in Carolina. And then I think the next GM traded him to Anaheim. I don't even think Ron Francis did that. And then Ron Francis picked him in the expansion draft. So to me, that seems like the player that Ron Francis likes. But Dave Haxall seems to prefer Jeremy Lazan. Um, yep. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to say for sure, but um, I would say a lot of this, you know, I think you can definitely, I think you can definitely attribute some of the blame and some of the struggles that we've had this year 
to, you know, maybe some some difference in views on the personnel. Yeah, they do work together, but uh, like you said, Dave Haxall is going to decide who who plays how many minutes every night too. Even even if they're in the lineup, um, how many minutes yeah. is he going to give Morgan Geeky? Yeah. Right. And yeah. there's there's definitely going to be players that Ron Francis likes more than Dave Haxall, and there's players that Dave Haxall likes more than Ron Francis. So um, yeah, yeah, I think Hayden Fleury is definitely a Francis guy. I think uh, Riley Cheyenne is definitely a Haxall guy. I think yeah. Morgan Geeky's more of a Ron Francis guy. Francis He's been guy. Scratch I think a few so too. Times, and I think Ron Francis would like him in the lineup more. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. But yeah, we don't. We we're it's it's mostly speculation here. So yeah, uh, but. It is, it is a collaborative process between those two, um, and they definitely don't always agree on everything. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think it's fair to, to point to a struggling team like mm-hmm. us that maybe like, sure, we're expansion. And so on one hand, it's expected to struggle, but to the level we've struggled after, you know, the success Vegas had, you don't expect us to be competing with Arizona and Montreal for the highest draft odds. Maybe not make the playoffs, but you don't expect us to be as slow yeah. as we are. And I think, I think it's fair to question whether they're on the same page or not. I think that's, I think that's totally fair. Um, yeah. So that's, that was, that was, that was a solid question. I want to make yeah. sure we got oh, that and, one. And one last quick one um, talking about Giordano getting moved. Uh, she yeah. asked, who do you think is stepping up to fill his role in the leadership uh, qualities and with oh, the that's a great uh, question. power play, power plays and penalty kills too. Yeah. So, I mean, I expect to see Vince Dunn and as long as Carson Susie's here, I expect those two to, to quarterback the power play. Yeah, Vincent um, will be power play one. And yeah, I Vincent think will be power play Susie's one. Mind. And I would expect Susie too. And if for some reason, like you mentioned, Susie becomes a candidate for somebody else and he gets moved, I would uh I would think Oleksiak would take over the second unit, would be my guess. Um unless there's somebody that we end up acquiring. Uh yeah. But my my guess would be my guess would be Alexia, or actually uh maybe Hayden Flurry before yeah, if, yeah, if, if if we get rid of two defensemen, yeah, then Hayden Flurry would be in the lineup every night. You would think so. I can see him being the second unit. Vince Stone for sure be the first unit guy, and then yeah. Alexiak or Flurry, but or Susie first would be those would be my my kind of options there. And then on penalty kills, you'll just see kind of everybody step in. Vince Dunn hasn't yeah. played much on the penalty kill. Um, I could see them giving Vince Dunn some minutes, uh, just to try and turn him into a more well-rounded defenseman for the future. Um, mm-hmm. but then yeah, Flurry's in the lineup more. Lazan Borg and all those guys will just kind of it'll be more of a collective effort on the on the penalty kill. The leadership was an interesting question. Um, right now our assistant captains are Yanni Gord, Jaden Schwartz, uh, Jordan Everly and Adam Larson. So mm-hmm. collectively as a group, they would be sort of the guys, uh, carrying the load this year. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, I, w- I would think maybe a guy like Jaden Schwartz jumps out at me, um, who's kind of been around the block and signed here long-term and, uh, seems to really, really be committed and want to be here. Um, maybe Jared McCann steps up now that he signed a contract and he's found a home. Maybe he feels a little more comfortable since he's performing pretty well. Um, he could be a candidate to maybe step up and maybe be a little more vocal in the locker room. Um, and even, yeah, I got like Vince Dunn too. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good, that's a good guess. I don't think, I don't think we'll have a captain the rest of the year. You know, I don't think they're, Definitely gonna, name, not. they're not going to name a new captain. That's going to be an off season thing. If they do. Might not even be next year. And yeah, might not even next year. Um, but yeah, I think Jaden Schwartz is the guy that jumps out to me as, as potentially yeah, right? the, ne- the, the next captain of the Kraken. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Schwartz and you know I could like I said I could see I could see it being McCann if they really want to decide that he's going to be a focal piece here. But I think Schwartz would be my guess for the next captain. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, I would never count Yanni Gord out too. He's just such a 
yeah. he's just such a fiery personality and he just talks a lot. And I think, you know, he maybe necessarily isn't what you normally see as a captain. He's more of the assistant captain because he seems to have a lot of fun a lot, you know? Yeah. And, I don't know. Captains, Captains are generally so, a little more they're, serious. They're always so serious in hockey. <laughs> they're always so serious, you know. Like yeah. Ovechkin's like the like the the less the least serious one, and he's super. Like, he's they're all so serious in hockey, you know. Yeah. Roberto Luongo is the most non-serious captain in history, and Roberto <laughs> Luongo was the captain of the Canucks, and that's a whole other get off my lawn for another day. <laughs> Captains. <laughs> we'll save that for another time. So there we go. Yeah. All right, we gotta there get there's out of here. The, there's the there's the there's the leadership yeah. stepping up there. <laughs> There's our leadership. Um, that does it for episode 34. I mean, my favorite number 34 is Felix Hernandez, and it's not very close. What about you? <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say Thomas Rawls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I love Thomas Rawls, but like, let's. But Felix if Hernandez. If we're being real, it's Felix Hernandez, and it's, it's like one of, Felix one of Hernandez. the greatest Seattle athletes of all time, yeah. let alone yeah. number 34s. So, yeah. Um, but Everyone thank you for already... bringing up Thomas Rawls. I love Thomas Rawls. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> Bring him back. Yeah. Hey, why not bring him back? <laughs> bring everybody back. Yeah, no, Felix is the correct answer. This one, sometimes it's like a question, like a, an opinion right. question. It's not an opinion question this time. It's like, no, it's Felix Hernandez. He's your favorite yeah. number 34 because we live in Seattle. Um, the the shout outs I would like to give, though, are Freddie Garcia. Remember Freddie Garcia? Oh, I love Freddie Garcia as a kid. He man. was also number 34, which is crazy to me because, you know, Felix Hernandez to me is to me was a better version of Freddie Garcia and, uh, and Freddie Garcia was awesome too. And then Ray yeah. Allen, save our hey. songs, bring him back, baby. Ray That's Allen, right. shout out. Uh, he's number 34 for the soups. And, uh, and then currently in hockey, you know, I love watching Austin Matthews play, man. I just, I he's just the best like, player in the NHL right now. I think he's like, going to win the Hart trophy. He's, he, he's fun to watch, man. He just, the way, like when the puck's on a stick, I feel like he's one of, he's that guy in beer league that can just score from anywhere. But he does it in the NHL. Like he gets on a stick, and I'm like, yeah. ah, I hope he doesn't shoot because he might. Man, score. <laughs> imagine how much more fun he'd be if he wore like any other number besides 34. Yeah, you know, it works for him. God, put him in like a like a like a 29 or something. Get him in a 17, and he's at 50 already. <laughs> a little unprompted numerology. You are anti number 34 Thir- for goals. 34 is a terrible goal scoring number. Yeah, it's a goalie it like ass a number if I've ever heard one, man. It feels like a goalie defenseman number, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I wouldn't even yeah, put a defenseman a in it. That's a good point. Ah, whatever, man. He's a, he's whatever. an American he's goal great. scorer. It works for him. <laughs> Get off my right. lawn. <laughs> That's right. Good job, Dan. You got one. There we go. All right. Thanks for listening to episode 34 of the Squid Pod. Follow us for more on Twitter at the Squid Pod. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, uh, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. 